my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, episode number 55. And want to thank everybody that is going out to glow.fm slash Radio. In fact, uh, thanks to Randy Porter, thanks to Kim Oliphant, also thanks to Norma Touchstone. Uh, they each gave $10, $15, $20 to support the show. And all you have to do is go to glow.fm slash Radio. Yeah, it really helps us out. Uh, and this is how we expand. This is how we pay the bills, as they say. And uh, you can find that link also in the show notes. If you don't know about the show notes, uh, when you click on the little icon of the app you're listening to, scroll up, and you'll see the link in there. If you can't remember, you just touch that link. You'll also see in the Apple phone three little dots. It's called a stop sign icon. Touch that, and you can share this episode with your comments on something you connected with on any of your socials or even via a text message if you want to share one episode at a time. Yeah. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show out in Lake Sammamish, uh, they're thinking about finally completing the trail, right? This is a really interesting story about lawsuits, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, and who owns the land next to the water. Yeah. Also, a little later, we're going to tell you about the tattoos we have or we don't have. I put this up on my Facebook page, Don O'Neill on Facebook, and I was just blown away because I asked people to put up their tattoos and what they mean, and I will share that with you. A little bit later in the show. Want to get your thoughts? You're you're a dog person, and how many dogs have you owned at one time? I think at one time, didn't you have three dogs? Three dogs. Three was the maximum. Yeah, three dogs. It's a long story, but and when uh, you would exercise your dog, would you ever take your dogs to let's say an off leash park? Would oh, you take, of course. Would you take Absolutely. them? There? You'd take them there. So, uh, and what about if you went to a park where you're supposed to have a leash on, and the dog doesn't uh, doesn't have a leash on? Would you take the dog off leash? Anyway? I I um I would take the dog off leash. Like let's say we're down on the green river which is technically a leash area and i'm the only one there yeah i would take the dog off the leash uh and then sometimes you'd get tisk tisks by somebody that was walking yeah uh, I, I get that but if you, i'm the only dog walker there if it was a if it was a let's say the burke gilman trail and there's tons of people around and tons of dogs then they would be on the leash most, most of the time i did the retractable one so they could have a little bit of room and then if i needed to bring the dog back i would hit the brake and, and pull the dog back in yeah uh i go to local park and you've heard me talk about discovery park a number of times it's old fort lawton and i try to run out there i don't know maybe maybe five times a week i i run out there uh and on tuesdays and thursday nights this is something i don't talk about because it's like fight club to me i meet some people on tuesdays thursdays and we run the discovery do a little five i think it's 5.53 miles uh that we you run think that sounds pretty specific there's there's a lighthouse out there north beach meets south beach and there's a little lighthouse out there and it's a place i just i i love to go and I love to visit my secret places out there. We've talked about that before. Uh, I think in episode number 49, if you want to check that out. But uh, I was out there the other night, and I obey the leash laws. Like If my dog is supposed to be on a leash, then my dog's on a leash. You don't necessarily need your dog on a leash when you run at night because there's not a lot of people. In fact, when I pull in the parking lot, usually all the cars are gone. And you don't see a lot of people out there that are walking their dogs, running their dogs. Um, and if you do... Uh, typically they're out there because they're an aggressive breed. So you have to be careful with that. They don't bring them out during the day because the trails are just jammed with people. And dogs. And with dogs. And if you have an aggressive breed, you're going to have some, some trouble out there. I share with you last year, I was out running Discovery Park. And as I came around a corner, uh, there was a woman and there were two babies. And then there was a woman standing behind her. And so I got over to the right of the trail. I was getting ready to pass. And then, boom! Next thing I know, 
there is a dog, a poodle that is hanging off my, my left leg, just hanging there off my left leg. There is blood everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And I turn around to kind of do, cause I didn't even see this dog coming down the trail. I turn around to make sure that the dog's all right. Then I look at my leg to make sure that I'm all right. And the woman who owns the dog has already moved way up the trail. And she's ignoring what has happened here. And her dog was not on Alicia at the time. Uh, so anyway, I went to talk to her. And I have to say, uh, I was kind of calm. Not totally calm, but but I was kind well, of calm. there was blood coming out of Yeah, when leg. I talked to her. And then I felt like, wow, I really need to get to the hospital. So I wanted to exchange information with her. She wouldn't give me her information. And then she told me the dog didn't bite her. But the, uh, the dog bite didn't me. bite you. Yeah, the dog had a dog collar on. And it was a dog collar that scraped my leg. And as a result of that, that's why I was bleeding. And her dog, people always say this, my dog would never do something like that. And it's like, but you could see the teeth mark in, in, in my leg. Long story longer because this is a podcast and we keep going however uh a couple months ago similar thing happened where i had a dog come around the corner and nip and a lot of times these dogs they're not angry they're not mad at you but if they're behind uh startle a dog yeah and in this case they were behind people they were off leash they're supposed to be on dog startled so the dog turns around and bites so i've been bitten now a couple times by dogs out in discovery park i'm running with my dog charlie uh the other night i come around a corner and there is, a, and it's pitch black out. I have a, I have a light on. I come around the corner, and there's a guy with an aggressive breed dog that uh, takes off and is coming after Charlie. Now I have a leash on Charlie, but I'm not holding the leash, so I'm obeying the leash law. Who's holding the leash? Nobody's holding the leash. So he's dragging the leash. I have a, I do a leash drag with him. And the reason I do... Boy, talk about a technicality. I do the leash drag is because I'm obeying the law and my dog's on a leash. I don't think that that's it what they mean. It doesn't have to say that you're holding the leash. Wow. The law, the, the law says that your dog has to be on a leash. I'm obeying the law. My dog. Hey, let me ask anywhere you. Does it ever say you have to be holding the leash? I think it's implied. It's that not you're implied. Holding the leash. It's not implied. So my dog, my dog. That's is on like a leash. telling an officer, officer. Um, I have a seatbelt in my car. It is inside the buckle, but not wrapped around my body. Yeah, you clicked. So it. therefore, I don't know. Um, the seatbelt's engaged. It, it, it's you need to have it around your body. Well, for it the to be reason on. the reason why I have the leash on Charlie is because if I see another dog coming, I can say Charlie stop, and Charlie will stop. He'll stop right there now, which blows me away that he actually listens to me. I go over, I pick up the leash, I short leash him, and as the other dog's coming, we're good to go. And that seems to work every he time. A lunger? What's that? Is he lunge at the he's other not. Dog? No, he's right. not. And, he's and we've been out there lunger. enough now where he's been socialized and everything else. So we come around this corner. I tell Char- I see that dog. Sidebar? Yeah. Now that he's nutless, is his uh, energy level dropped no, at all? It's worse like, than ever. It's, pee, it's worse. He at is, ten. He is. He's humping. I thought it. that when they when that operation happened, that their their aggression is supposed to drop. He off. never chased a rabbit, and that's all he does now. When we go out and we wow. trail run, all he does is chase a rabbit. I think he's hmm. never really humped anyone, and now he's humping everything. So he's nutless in Seattle, he's, and the energy's still. He stopped up here. chewing on things, and now he's gone back to chewing everything. So really, yeah, that's the reason I I I started wearing underwear again. I know that's a surprise to you can't wear them anymore because he finds my underwear choose the crotch out of the underwear and i go to put them on and i got crotchless uh, jockeys wow <laughs> i thought that was the whole reason why you did it i thought so too but he's under he 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 he, he goes after my socks and then he goes after my All underwear. Right, back on to the so record. anyway i'm coming down the trail i tell charlie to stop charlie stops and uh this dog keeps coming the dog comes over and starts uh, attacking Charlie, and I grab the dog, and I pick the dog up. So now it's between myself and the dog, and now I'm yelling at the dog. 
And dude is just standing back there, just standing back there, uh, letting his dog get aggressive with my dog and get aggressive with me. As a result of this, all the enlightenment stuff that I've been learning for this moment, because I, I want to meet my moment. And in this moment, I'm going to meet it. You've been training for this. It all went out the door. Really? It all went out. Old Don was oh, back? Oh, my God, was he back. He was so back, and nice. he was so mad, and he was so pissed, and he was so stupid that I here I am. I'm 53 uh, years old, and I'm telling this guy, because I'm, now I'm holding Charlie to protect Charlie, and then I, I'm talking to him about the leash law, the leash law in the park. And you, it's very clear. And You're now, that guy. Now he's talking to me about the leash law that my dog is not on a leash. So I'm pointing out to him that my dog is on a leash. I just don't happen to be holding the leash. And so we get in this kind of verbal scuffle. Well, his dog's not on a leash. What? No, his dog's not on a leash at all. That's why the dog was right. able to come over and uh, and get after my dog. So we we are now uh, two grown men, and he had to be on the other side of fifty two. And we start saying stuff to each other that you say when you're like 14, 15, 16 years old. Are you guys going to fight each other? I think so. You can't take it outside because you're already outside. Yeah, we were going we were going we were going to have a fight. And I told him that I hadn't fought in years and that I would love to fight him. And you said you'd love to fight him. I t- yeah, and I said, you know, there is a law in Washington State that as long as we agree to combat, then we can sit here right now and I can kick your... You're invoking... So you've invoked you're, uh, you've invoked the combat law and you've invoked the leash law. It's a true law, though, isn't it? It the is com- a true law. The com- we learned that with Phoenix Jones. Yeah, the superhero. If, if you and I... Uh, I think we have to be... We can't be on public... Pro- no, can we... Where do we have to be? You can't be a You can't be uh, compromised in some way. Yeah, we found out when you do this outside of a bar, if you do this with a drunk person, it doesn't work. But if you decide to have, it's called mutual combat, the mutual combat law. So I'm, 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 we're, he and I are like negotiating mutual combat. We are. And then we're going to meet in the parking lot, but I want to finish my run. And he had a couple errands that he had to run too. So we're, we are going to meet in the parking lot. Most Seattle thing ever. So we're talking. I I have my dog. I haven't gotten bitten by his dog, but it's an aggressive breed dog. Uh, and dogs aren't bad people. A lot of times it's their owners and his dog didn't bite anyone. It just startled the hell out of me. He doesn't have a light either. You should have a light on when you're out walking your dog. Your dog should have a light on. So I run back to the parking lot. He is waiting for me in the parking lot. Oh, wow. Mutual combat's going down. Yeah. So I went over, and we talked for a little bit. And you guys are best friends now? We kind of are. (laughs) Yeah, I think it gave me some time to cool off. Nice. The enlightenment returned, and I just told him that, you know, I wrote down these 10 things this year uh, that I'm going to do when it comes to dealing with other humans. And one of those is that I'm going to end things on love, right? I'm going to end them on love. Did lo- you hug it out with him? I kind of did. In nice. fact, our dogs, proud gonna, of you. our dogs are going to meet next Tuesday. He's going to come running with us, and I have a new uh, trail partner. A couple trail bosses running down the trail with our dogs. Good for you. And once again, my dog will be on a leash, obeying the law, but I'm not necessarily holding a leash. The Enlightenment returns. It's the Ron and Don Show. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. We will see you on the other side of this. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill.
everybody. It's the Ron and Don Show. All right, I want to thank Lisa Little, uh, Ryan Rood, and also our good friend uh, Kevin McMillan. What did they do? They went out to glow.fm slash Radio. That's glow.fm slash Radio. It's in the show notes and $5, 10 15 $20 a month. Help sponsor the show. We heard your plea. Now you got three. Let's take it to five episodes. And the way we can do that is if we have 100 people in the Ron and Don Nation, go out and sponsor us now for five fifteen, twenty dollars $20 a month. Go to glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. And again, that's all in the show notes. Uh, this is a fascinating story. It's one of the most read stories in the Seattle Times. And it involves a trail that uh, we all use. And the vision here is to take a, the trail from Ballard, where you could get on a bicycle, you could start walking, and you would go all the way through Fremont, up around Lake Washington, and uh, down through Marymore Park, and you'd end up in Issaquah. you go 44 miles on a paved trail. And so there's a missing link. And it is in Sammamish, and it's right along the water in Sammamish, and there are homes there. This is where the old railroad tracks ran in the 1880s. And, uh, of course, they never dreamed in 1880 that that would be where uh, luxury homes would go. That's where a railroad track was. So when they decommissioned the railroad track, um, these families that had bought homes on the Sammamish Waterway, they're like, this is awesome. Now I've got uh, no train tracks. They've been removed. And so some folks started putting up fences. They put up boat houses. Uh, a couple of people built garages. Uh, some people had boat lifts. And so they were like, this is awesome. Like I have this property that's uh, I paid a lot of money for on the shores of Lake Sammamish and I'm, I'm going to enjoy my property. And then now uh, the other folks from the, the, the parks department and the trail enthusiasts are like, not so fast. We would like to connect this trail with the trail that goes all the way back to Ballard and then connect it to Issaquah. This is a public right-of-way. This is a public piece of land. And so this thing, believe it or not, they tried to get it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to hear your trail case. Send that back to the state of Washington. So where it sits right now is that uh, King County has sent out a letter to these people that said, you remove your personal property by this date, coming up here, I think in March or April, or we're going to do it for you. We don't care if it's a boat lift. We don't care if it's a really nice garage. We don't care what offense, whatever you put on where this train track used to be, get it out because the, the citizens of Washington are allowed to walk, ride, jog, rollerblade, walk their dog along this path. And if someone wants to walk from Ballard all the way to Issaquah and go 44 miles, that is their God-given right. You guys remove your stuff or else. These folks who some of them are very well well healed, obviously, buying multi-million dollar properties on the lake, they're going, no, 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 no. We're not tearing down our garage. I'm not tearing down my fence. I have the right when I bought this property to put my boathouse there uh, because that is part of my enjoyment of this land. Uh, and you're, I don't want a bunch of walkers walking across my property every day. I don't want Don riding his bike at 6 a.m. or 9 p.m. with a light on his head. This is my house. It's my land. And, and stay off. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why you see such pushback now is, and, and, and whether you're well-heeled or whether you're not, as we look at public spaces around us, our public spaces have been taken over. And the ones that haven't been taken over, I think a lot of us uh, want to protect because we want to make sure 
uh, that our kids and our families have places to go that we can play because we paid for these places to go. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a little rental property I'm doing some work on up by the University of Washington. And between my rental property, there's a church and there's a park. And in that park, and I've owned this rental property now, uh, I think for the last seven months, Anytime I look in that park, I will see somewhere between 15 and 18 tents in that park. And it used to be like a baseball diamond and, and very There's nice still park. a baseball diamond. There well, are yeah. still places uh, for kids to play. you can use it. All the equipment is there. And what's interesting is it's right along the I-5 corridor. And because they're putting uh, the train in now, a lot of people that were living outside, that were living on the I-5 corridor, they are being pushed out and they are walking into this park and setting up camp in this park. What, what police are doing is they're kind of looking the other way. And one of the reasons they have to look the other way, it's like, okay, well, you're not, I, I guess you're breaking the law right now. But if I try to arrest you and arrest my way out of this, the mayor isn't going to support it, and Carmen Best, the police chief, is not going to support it. And they're obligated us. to find them a different place yeah, to go. Yeah, and if I take you to Harborview, now Harborview uh, has to deal with this, and sometimes there's a mental component, there's PTSD, there's drug abuse, there's all kinds of things that are going on here. And also the police will say, hey, we're not going to take someone into our jail cell unless we know medically they're cleared, so they have to go to Harborview to get medically cleared. In order for them to be medically cleared at Harborview, a police officer has to stand there with them. So now you've tied up a police officer, uh, and we know that we don't we, we can't tie up police officers right now because we just don't have so enough. So this to you is, is more layered than just a rich person much wants more. to keep a trail out of Much more. And then you think of the church. The church has, has the right spirit, right? They, they have a feeding program. But the church has also boarded up all their windows because the same people that leave the park, that walk down the street, that pass near my house, that eat at the church, then turn around and they pass by my house and they go back out to the park. I have a garage there. We took the garage and we boarded up the garage so you couldn't get into the garage because people were living uh, in the garage. So we had to board that up. I didn't mind so much that people were living in the garage. What I did mind is the human feces that was left behind for me to clean up. Uh, And it really gave me a taste of maybe what some of the DOT workers, for instance, go through or some of these cleanup teams or you think of the police uh, when they sent out their community service officers and organizers. It was a real mess in there, but somebody was living in there. I went back the other day to do some work at the house and been away for a couple of days. And someone had gone and they pried all the wood off. They'd moved back into that place in space. Uh, and it's when we're having all these torrential rainstorms here. Same thing, human feces and some other things I'm not going to get into. Uh, but certainly heroin and heroin needles happening there too. Same thing with the park down the street. Everywhere you look, heroin and heroin needles. So are you on the side of the Sammamish homeowners of saying maybe they should keep their boathouse there or keep their garage See, there? I don't think it's about the boathouse. Just, just, just because you're well-heeled or just because you have money in your pocket doesn't mean that you are opting out on enjoying public spaces too. And I think what we have to do is we have to have better discussions about our public places. We have to have better discussions with local police and politicians about how we're going to share these parks and share these public spaces. Because what begins to happen is if we go in and we convert this public place to a space that everyone can share, a lot of times 
everyone can't share this space because it's taken over. You go down the Burke-Gilman Trail, you'll be amazed, and that's what we're talking about. You will be amazed at the amount of tents and people that live along the Burke-Gilman Trail. You'll be amazed at the heroin needles that you'll find. And you go to any park in Seattle right now, and there are signs up that says no camping, but people know that they can come and they can camp anywhere, anywhere that they want to. So there has to be some kind of pushback for the taxpayer. Whether you're making 25 grand a year or 250 grand a year or 2.5 million dollars a year, everybody should be able to use these public spaces and places, and it's becoming very difficult to do right now in the great state of Washington. I, I, I sympathize for both sides here. I think that, that that trail is a public good and it is a public amenity that everyone should have. At the same time, if you were able to acquire that property on on the shores of Lake Sammamish. Uh, and now all of a sudden they're just going to come bulldoze a path right through everything. Uh, I feel for them because like that could be a lifelong dream for someone that really stretched uh, to get into that property. And they believed that that garage is going to be their garage and that the boat launch is going to be their boat launch. And now all of a sudden it would be uh, disarming if you have kids and you want your kids to go play by the water and now you you have no control over who's coming back and forth you can have a, you know pedophiles walking down the park and i get that fear um it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because i don't think those folks are just going to roll over lightly yeah well and we don't trust our, our politicians anymore a lot of times we don't trust the police and you should trust the police the police are just doing what the politicians are telling them to do because let's not forget the number one police chief in the great state of washington and i'm saying the state of washington is whoever the mayor of seattle is at the time and believe me the mayor wants these cops to look the other way because they're like we cannot deal with this right now we just can't and we want to know if we turn this over to a public space in place is it a place that we can all play in or do we have to worry about uh tents and heroin needles everywhere so and that's not an overreaction if you haven't been to seattle lately if you go through the city here, it is pretty alarming. Then you go down to Pierce County along the river uh, where all the tents were, and the tents are gone, and a lot of those tents reappear back in Seattle. So you know how that works, right? Anyway, hey, thanks to everybody who's going out to glow.fm slash radio. Uh, in fact, we just saw uh, Ray Martin do this. Scott Levin just did this. And uh, Christy Peterson did this, our friend Christy Peterson. Go to glow.fm slash radio. Would you sponsor us $5, 10 15 $20 a month? We'd like to get up to five episodes a week, and we can do that if you personally help sponsor the show. Be a part of something bigger than yourself, the Ron and Don Show, the Ron and Don Nation, but we need you to go to glow.fm slash radio. When you're ready to explore your real estate journey, reach out to the guys. Email at ron at windermere.com. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? Hey, I want to thank uh, our new client, Christina. Uh, she did a Ron and Don sit-down. She works at a local hospital here, helping a lot of kids. You can probably figure that out. Anyway, we went, we sat down. You actually get a Ron and Don sit-down mug now, and uh, we do it at our Windermere offices, or we can come to you. And thanks to her, we get to be a part of life's biggest transaction is she's looking for a new home for herself uh, and her little boy. So 
We are pumped to be a part of a Ron and Don sit down. Ron, how can people sit down with us? Email me, ron at windermere.com. We'll set up a time. Tell me a little bit about what your story is, what your situation is, and uh, buying, selling. Maybe you're just kicking the tires right now. Maybe you're thinking about an investment property. Uh, We would love to sit down with you and and just find out where you're at and how we can help you. Yeah. All right. Love that. Hey, 20 years ago, I got a tattoo. I'm going to talk about my tattoo here in a moment. And then also, I asked you to share your tattoos, uh, which you've done on my Facebook page. I've seen hundreds of tattoos now. And I was stunned by one thing that I found out about a lot of the tattoos that you guys uh, put up. So we'll get to that in a moment. Tattoos, how do you feel about tattoos? And and, and do you have a tattoo? I have been thinking... I have zero tattoos. Mm -hmm. I've been kicking the tires on this for years. I feel like I want a tattoo. And so I get into this analysis paralysis thing, and it, it goes a little... This is the, this is the loop I go All right, take me through your loop. I say, I want a tattoo. Want a tattoo, okay. Especially now, like, uh, I wanted one after I got divorced. I was like, oh, I should get a tattoo to, like, mark this thing in my life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a phoenix. I'm rising from the ashes. <laughs> and I started to look at these phoenix. I was like, oh, that's so cheesy. <laughs> so then... And then... Uh, you did rise from the ashes, This though. next... Uh, you did rise this, from the ashes. This summer, I'm going to be turning 50, so I'm like, that's a great time to get a tattoo it is so this is what i do i go okay what's it gonna be Mm. so i'm like well i like vintage stuff so maybe i get like a sailor jerry type of tattoo and i look at those like ah but i don't have any like i'm not a sailor you're not a sailor my name's not jerry it's not jerry so i I, then i was like okay what about guitars like i play guitar yeah so like i get a really cool like retro looking stratocaster and then the, the, the that's what the angel says on one shoulder. The devil comes and goes, dude, you're not a good enough guitar player to get a tattoo. Oh, yeah, of a guitar. you are. You're a no, good guitar player. I'm not like not to get a tattoo of a guitar. So then I'm like, okay, I can't get a guitar. So you have to be really good to, in your mind. In your mind. In my mind. In your mind. Okay. Like if you're gonna get a guitar tattoo, yeah. you should be a good guitar player. What about the Boston? album cover of the no. upside down ovation the ovation tattoo Boston. that's pretty cool so then i think it's all glenn all camel right. ever played he's ovation i was guy. like well I'm an ovation guy. maybe i get like a symbol okay like and it's not gonna be like a japanese character or something like that like let me find a symbol yeah that means something and then i can't really find one that i like so i don't go down that road so and then I like never mind. I just won't get a tattoo. You don't talk about poker anymore. What about what about what well, about? Well, I thought of like a royal flush yeah. thing, and it just seems cheesy. It does. Okay. So then the other day I was downtown Seattle, and uh, there's a tattoo shop. So I went in. Oh. I was actually talking to the tattoo uh, the person at the. I don't know if she's an artist or just works at the front desk. And so um, I told her this dilemma, and she's like, "Well, one thing that people do." is find an artist that you like, you like their work, yeah. and just go meet with them. Mm-hmm. And so that one, then I had another idea. I was like, maybe I just get a dot somewhere. Mm. Maybe if I break the seal, so to speak, that that will do. So like some just go in, find an artist. Is like, okay, on my ankle or the back of my calf, or just put a dot. You, can't, get, you, can't, you can't do that. Why? Well, because I, I, I put this question up on my Facebook page. Do you have a tattoo? And I thought it was just going to be fun. Uh, boy, it's beyond fun. It was so moving because I took a, I have one. I, I have a tattoo, my one and only tattoo. I got about 20 years ago. I had just done a bike ride across America. And in fact, we talk about that bike ride across America in episode number 51 with my friend Gary, who taught me how to be. I say in that episode, he taught me how to ride a bike. I knew how to ride a bike, but he taught me how to be an ultra rider and an ultra athlete. And that's in episode uh, 51. 
Anyway, when I got done doing that, I went and got a tattoo to commemorate that because I got this rod because my mom had uh, breast cancer. And in fact, out of the 200, I think 2,700 miles we rode, she came, she showed up in Phoenix. It was a surprise. Did you know she was going to come and ride? Of ride, course I did. Ride one mile? Yeah. Yeah, she rode one mile that. through Phoenix Who with me. Who do you think put that together? She was really, this uh, guy. she was upset that I, I had ridden the, the inner, your mom's always going to be your mom. She was upset that I was riding on the street uh, when we got to Phoenix. She's like, so I had to ride on the sidewalk with her. <laughs> I've ridden all the way down the interstate through That's all classic. the Rocky Mountains on the interstate. That's and when I get amazing. to Phoenix and my mom shows up for this one mile ride and we were on. Uh, you jump in the curb on a, on a road. Yeah, we were doing bike. our radio show live from the uh, from the bike at the time. And she, so, so I accommodated her and we rode down the uh, sidewalk together. Anyway, I have this tattoo. My mom hates tattoos. So I never showed it to her for years. And it's just the tattoo of a road, and it goes around uh, my right arm. And it makes me think about that ride. It makes me think about the pain of that ride. It makes me think about uh, looking back, uh, especially when I did this. Last time I did this, you, I think I was around 33. You describe it very well. It what? goes around your bicep, and yeah. it is like a, uh, the road striping. Yeah. Like the side of a road, so there's like a stripe, and yeah. then the dotted line, and another stripe. Yeah. Is that and, correct? Yeah, and it's supposed to be dotted yellow inside, and every once in a while I have to go get that touched up. And boy, on the back side of your arm where you have no fat, they say that hurt and you'd cry. So it looks like an interstate road. It does, and there should be a little sidewalk on there for when I rode through right. the sidewalk for Phoenix, but we didn't In have like to- a Stucky's Cafe yeah. on one side. Mom, and- very, very anti-tattoo. Very anti-tattoo. I'm back in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a couple years later after this. I had just gone to the gym. I came back, and in Albuquerque, here, here in Seattle, I don't wear, I always wear sleeves because everybody wears sleeves at the gym, and I care about what everyone thinks about me. In Albuquerque, they don't have shirts with sleeves. Right. Yeah. There are. In, in, in fact, you could go to a business meeting there. Dude will be over there with a bolo tie on, and there's no, and maybe a jean jacket, and he'll have Tony Lama boots on, maybe some Wrangler pants, a mullet, yeah, a mullet, a little cheesy mustache, yeah, uh, Ray Ban glasses, and there's no sleeves. Exactly. There's no. Have you ever seen someone with a pair of sleeves in Albuquerque? Well, it depends. So yeah. anyway, I went to the gym just so I could fit in with everyone. That's where my mom lives. I grew up there, and I had no sleeves on. Plus, you have a great tan. I came. Yeah, I came home. I'm making a protein drink. My mom's sees the tattoo and she starts bawling and crying i'm like oh my gosh she's gonna kill me here because i was trying to figure out why she's crying and then she pointed out the tattoo and i thought i was in big trouble uh and you think by the time you're 35 you wouldn't get in trouble with your mom anymore but i still do especially if i say the word crap and i'm like oh crap i'm in a lot of trouble right uh with my mother anyway she was crying she looked at it and she said donald that's our road she calls me donald like the rest of my family she said that's our road isn't it and i said yeah mom uh, that's our road. I took that tattoo and I put it up on my Facebook page. I got to ask you. Yeah. You were flexing extra hard for that picture. Was I? Oh my gosh. You just didn't do, uh, you probably did curls first and then had someone take a picture. You were, push I was, up, push I was up, like, push ups. Oh my God. O'Neill's in his 50s. He's still <laughs> pre pumping <laughs> so he can take a picture of like, totally. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I noticed I that did. right away. You did. Yeah. I was oh. like, you just didn't take a picture of the, you got to take a picture of the tricep area of your arm down. Oh. Instead, you got oh. pre pumped, flexed your bicep, and then took a picture. I don't of know it. what you're talking about, but right. that, that may all be true. So I put that up there. And just to see what kind of fun tattoos, and I thought I'd get a bunch of Mickey Mouse tattoos. These are the tattoos we got back. Number one, they're mostly from women. Number two, they were mostly later in their lives. Number three, the tattoos usually were somehow connected to some kind of health battle that they battled or some kind of uh, one of their kids who maybe has passed away. Uh, There was one woman in there, and I won't share her name, who had a stillborn baby. 
And so she had a tattoo wow. of the stillborn baby's name. Yeah, A lot of people, and, and I wasn't aware of this, that go through cancer treatment and they have marks, especially where they've gotten chemo. They will go in, we were just talking about little dots, and they'll tattoo those little mm, dots. So I can't do that. So that they can remember uh, the fight that they fought. And so they'll put those little dots up there. And then you just, you see a lot. You see a lot of a connection of, let's say, your dad who passed away. Or I have a little niece and her mom, uh, my sister passed away. A lot of them will go out and get their signature. And this is what my niece Annie did. She took that signature and she turned her arm over. And on the backside of her forearm, it has my little sister's signature there. So she can always remember uh, her mama, as she calls her. So I saw a lot of that. I was really touched by that. And, uh, and it got me to thinking about whose name I would want a tattoo onto my body. Ron. Yeah. Ron of the Ron and Don. I wouldn't. <laughs> it's my next tattoo. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we will see you next time. And don't forget, if you want to sit down with Ron and Don, all you have to do is write Ron. Ron at Windermere.com or write me, Don O'Neill, at Windermere.com. And thanks for listening this week to number 52, 53, 54, and 55. Don't forget, episode 56 is coming up. Why wouldn't it be? It's the Friday edition of the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.